0: Woo, you look good. Hey, uh, I know you've done this a couple times. Turn to two or three people, tell them Happy New Year. Come on, it's it's a new year. We got a few more hours in 2023, and we're gonna close out the chapter of this year. We'll turn our attention to a brand new year. And uh, man, it's just so good to see all of you right here at our broadcast campus on the south side of Atlanta. Let me look in the cameras in the back of the room and just say good morning to our other campuses, the amazing people on the west side of Atlanta, uh, meeting on the incredible property of City of Refuge and House of Charity. We just welcome all of you today. And then, 700 miles from here in Montgomery County, Maryland, we say good morning to all of you. And then, everybody watching online, whoever you are, wherever you're watching from, we just say, God bless you, Happy New Year. All right, go, church family. Come on, put your hands together, greet your family. Come on, let's go, let's go all over people all over and then we always give honor to the men and women serving in the military first responders can we honor you for a second ma'am sir would you put your hand up high come on i want high appreciation right here god bless you god bless you thank you thank you thank you come on keep clapping thank both of you god bless you thank you thank you thank you thank you hey come on a little bit better come on and we get our freedoms because of your sacrifice we're so grateful hey let me i'll tell you two quick things And then we'll get right into prayer and the message. Uh, The first thing I wanna tell you is just genuine and heartfelt. I just wanna tell you how thankful I am for you. Woke up this morning uh, a little bit emotional. I don't know, there's something about the new year, closing out one year, entering a new year. I feel a lot of emotion, a lot of things on my list that I can be grateful for. You all are at the top. Every Sunday, you allow me to stand on this platform and to share my heart, to share a word from the Lord. Uh, You also... Are my very own therapist. Come on, somebody. You let me get up here and work out my own faith journey. And I just wanna tell you, I'm better because of you. My family, my, myself personally, we have grown in our relationship with Jesus this year. And I thank you for that, the accountability that you bring. When we look back over this year, there's a lot of great things that the Lord has done. It's not been an easy year, come on. It's not been an easy year, there's been a lot of challenges a lot of a lot of mountains to climb over, a lot of valleys to walk through. But God has been faithful and through it all, God has been good. And you all have been so faithful and so kind. I just wanna tell you, I love you. And I'm so proud of you and just honored to be your pastor. And uh, while there's still one more sermon in this calendar year, I am excited about what 2024 is going to bring. I believe that next year, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, No mind can know what God has in store for those who believe. Can I get a hundred people to say amen to that? By, Thank you. Second thing I want to tell you, this is just a a gentle reminder uh, that today being not only the last Sunday of the year, but the last day of the year, this will be the last opportunity to give in our annual legacy offering. You have right up to midnight tonight, 1159, the 59th second, to give in the Legacy Offering. Now, if you're brand new to Go Church, uh, the Legacy Offering language is new to you. For those that have been here for a while, you know that we do this every year, and we've been talking about our Legacy Offering uh, for a number of weeks now, really a couple of months. But just as a reminder, this is a one-time special offering. It's the only special offering that we do here at Go Church, and it's an offering that is above and beyond your normal giving. And what makes this offering so unique is that we're asking for 100% participation because we're gonna give 100% of it away. Come on, can you say amen to that? Let's go. We'll invest every single penny into what we call five legacy lanes. And in every single one of those lanes, we have legacy partners. Those lanes are local outreach, national missions, world missions, the next generation, and special projects. Now, right before Christmas break, I got an update on this year's current legacy offering. I haven't bothered the team or our finance team to know where we are since Christmas. On February the 4th, Sunday, February the 4th, I'll come back on what we call Vision Sunday and tell you the full total of this year's offering. But I will give you a little appetizer that right before Christmas, we are well on our way to give more than you all gave last year. Come on, somebody. So how about that? It's amazing. Now it's not a competition, but I just wanna gently remind you that you can't outgive God. And I'm believing that in God's economy, he'll take whatever your obedient gift is, whatever your sacrificial gift is, and he'll multiply it, and he will do exceedingly abundantly. So there are all kinds of ways that you can give. I'm just gonna show you this real quick because it is the very last day that you can participate and this year's legacy offering or your year-end giving. So you can go on mygochurch.com and give, the app and give. If you use those electronic ways, just make sure you select the drop dropdown uh, giving feature where it says legacy. You can text in your legacy amount. You can give in person. Since you're here today, make sure before you leave, you give in a, 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 an envelope, or if you're writing a check, just write legacy or you can use uh, the stock and crypto option as well. Again, 100% of what comes in, 100% will go out. Isn't that exciting? Come on, I'm excited. So, all right, if you're ready for the word, somebody say, I'm ready. There's a message note card and a seat back right in front of you or near you, maybe even behind you. I want you to take lots of notes today. And as we jump into this message, uh, the Lord put this verse, James 1, on my heart as a prayer for all of us. And so I'm actually gonna have you pray this prayer out of James one in just a second. Uh, But I I don't want you just to hear the word today. I want you to do what the word says. Now, if you've been at Go Church and you've heard me speak before, you know I'm not like a a hellfire brimstone kind of guy. I'm not one that comes across mean or kind of beats you on the head a little bit. But I was thinking about this Sunday being the last Sunday of the year And maybe it was time for a little spiritual spanking. Come on, somebody. So I'm gonna talk to you in a real way. The Lord put this very word on my heart in August of this summer. And so I've been sitting on this for a number of months and I'm excited to preach this word. It it will be challenging. It will be challenging. But how many of you know that the gospel is a challenging message? It calls us higher and it calls us to do greater things. So here's the prayer. I don't just wanna hear the word today, Lord. I wanna do what it says. All right, heads bowed, eyes closed. Just take 10 seconds. And if you dare, pray James one twenty two, Lord, today, whatever this message is, whatever you would speak to me, as Pastor JC preaches, I don't just wanna hear it. I wanna do it. I wanna live out your word. 10 seconds, I'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness and for your goodness. I need your anointing today. I need your grace and your strength. Lord, you know my heart and you put this word on my heart. And so I want today to come across with great conviction and with great challenge, but I'm not mad and I'm not being mean, but I feel like there are some areas that you put on my heart that you've challenged me with personally and now I wanna bring that message to our church at large. When we walk out of here, let us walk out differently because we didn't just hear the word, but we've made a decision to do what it says. We give you all the glory in the name of the Father who loves us, the Son who gave his life for us and the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside. And everybody said, amen. Now, before you clap, this is the last time in 2023 we get to honor the Lord together. Can we do it well? Come on, one, two, three, let's go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do better. All right, so I I wanna preach a message. So we do a lot of series here at Go Church. We'll kick off a brand new series uh, a week from today, next Sunday, the whole month of January, we'll do a series called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. And uh, only one of those weeks will we talk about being financially broke and now being rich in, in the Lord and stewardship But the other weeks, we'll talk about how we were broke spiritually, but God can can give us new life, relationally, mentally, and financially. But every now and again, in between series, we'll do what we call a standalone message. A lot of those standalone messages are led by our campus pastors or potentially a guest speaker. But a few times a year, I'll uh, make sure to insert myself into a standalone because the Lord has given me like a right now word. I believe that's what today is. I want to preach a message called First things first, and talk about the principle of first fruits, first things first, the principle of first fruits. Again, I've said this a few times, but in a lot of scripture, you got to take a lot of notes today, okay? By a show of hands, how many of you, you've heard this idiom, first things first before, that phrase, first things first? It's very simply, it means this, that you've got to prioritize or emphasize The things in your life that you consider to be valuable and of great priority, and do those things first before everything else creeps itself in and robs you of the potential to accomplish those things that were once a priority. Proverbs says it this way, that a lot of times in our life, it's the little foxes that spoil the whole vineyard. And how many of you know that you set goals and you've got you know, uh, objectives, especially as we approach a new year. And these things are gonna be a priority for us. So we're gonna make New Year's resolutions. You know, we're gonna go to the gym. I know there's only like 365 days in a year, but I'm gonna work out 385 days next year. And, and the, these gyms, they, they see you coming. They love you. You're the reason you keep them in business. You sign a membership, you go three times, you never show up again. Come on, somebody. That was therapy for me too. Can you say amen right there? Because what happens, we get, we get this uh, excitement and this energy to do something that we believe is a priority, but then life happens. And instead of keeping first things first, whatever it is robs us of being able to accomplish that thing that is set before us. Now, if, you, if you're a reader, if you like books, let me encourage you, if you've not read this book, to put it on your 2024 reading list. It's by Dr. Stephen Covey and it's called uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. How many of you have read that book before? Okay, Um, if you've not read it, again, I encourage you to read it. It talks about seven habits of highly effective people. That's actually why I titled it that way, I guess. One of the habits, the third habit, is called First Things First. And in that chapter, here's what he writes about what this means. He says, putting things first means organizing and executing around your most important priorities. It's living and being driven by the principles that you value most. And I love this line. But not driven or living by the agendas. How many of you know people got an agenda for you? Come on, help me preach. The devil's got an agenda for you. So so not, not by the agendas or by the forces extenuating circumstances surrounding you it's organizing and executing the most important priorities that you have and you do those first now now that is true in every single area of your life and you could you could do a laundry list of areas and talk about the importance of that but first things first there is no greater area than in your faith journey in your walk with Christ and your personal relationship with Jesus. Look, like you, you've read the Bible. I mean, I, I've read the, the Bible. And, and when you read Scripture, here's what we learn. The number one, number one commandment and God's eternal spiritual law is that we must put him first. He's gotta be number one. Now, make me speak Spanish on December 31st. He must be... Numero uno, number one. He doesn't get the leftovers. He doesn't get the baggage. He doesn't get the access. He gets all of you. He wants your whole heart before anything or before anyone. And listen to me. This, this is the number one commandment in God's eternal spiritual law, that I must put him first. Let me show you two places, Old Testament, New Testament, where this becomes a factual, absolute truth. In the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 20, God gives the 10 commandments. The first commandment of the 10 commandments say, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, look at this. That's a lowercase g god, because there's only one uppercase g god. And I think if you really kind of survey your life, you do a self-assessment, you may recognize that there are a lot of lowercase g gods, a lot of idols, that they may be good things, but they've actually taken the place of who you should be or who should be seated first on your heart. And God says, I want you to put me first. First things first, me, the Lord. Remember when the religious leaders, they, they cornered Jesus and they questioned him about the law. And they said, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, and what did he say? Put me first. Make me Lord. Love me, Jesus, with with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. First things first. So listen to me, here's where the the tone kind of shifts because I just want to be matter of fact with you in the most loving pastoral way possible But is Jesus first in your heart? As you close out this year, you begin a brand new year. Where is your relationship with God? Where is he seated? Because if he's in any place other than than seat number one, you're out of alignment. Your priorities are out of whack. And if you're just a little bit off of alignment, at some point you'll look back and see how far off track you've gotten. But all you have to do in a moment is just repent. Repent. Turn back to your first love. Give him your whole heart, your whole soul, all of your mind. Let God be number one. Can I get 100 people to say amen right there? First things first. Love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, what does the principles of first fruits mean? First things first, the principle of first fruits. That concept, that idea, that biblical principle was established during biblical times. So when the Bible was being written, especially uh, the first five books of the Bible, written during a a very much agrarian society, a community focused highly on agriculture. So there there were farmers. And so as you know, if, if, if you've ever farmed or if you have farmers in your family, how many of you are like me? You can't even keep a plant alive. Come on, somebody. Like it. Yeah, that's, that felt good, didn't it? I, I confess. But a farmer, they would especially hear about the principle of first fruits at harvest time. This would be when the first crop, the first fruit, they, they were now reaping everything that they had sown. So they had worked hard and toiled the land and maintained the harvest. And now harvest time had come. And, and then the first harvest God would say to the children of Israel, now take the first fruit and offer it back to me as an act of faith and worship and obedience. So so that's what they would do. They they would farm, harvest would come, the the first crop, the first fruit would happen and they would return a portion, the first portion back to God as a way of, of trusting him and honoring him and worshiping him. So now that you know the context, let me give you my working definition. This is what I believe that the principle of first fruits means. It means giving God the first and the best of everything that I have. And this is my expression of faith and obedience and worship towards him. And I'm telling you this, that when you practice the principle of first fruits, and in every area, of your, every area of your life, you give God the first and the best. Listen to me. He will always bless the rest. I got like 30 of you that said amen right there. I'm up here rhyming, and I got 30 people. In every area of your life, let's try it again, where you give God the first and the best, I guarantee God will bless the rest. Come on, can you say amen to that? And this, this principle is all throughout the Bible, no less than 32 times from Genesis to Revelation do we see the principle of firstfruits written about. Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, in the Hebrew that's called the Torah, and the Greek that's known as the Pentateuch. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible and he himself wrote about the principle of firstfruits 13 times. Why? Because again, this was a society that could understand this concept as they were living out the harvest and and the farming and the understanding of giving God my first and my best. 32 times in the whole Bible, 13 in the first five books. Here's a few references here. You shall bring the very first of the first fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord your God. Leviticus chapter two, verse 12. You may bring them to the Lord as an offering of the, somebody say, first fruits. Leviticus 23, verse 10. When you come into the land which I gave you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. Romans chapter 11. This one will preach, by the way. If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. And if the root is holy, then so are the branches. I I think a lot of times when I watch Christians on their faith journey, one area that they seem to live almost backwards is that so many of us are overly worried about the branch that we ignore the root the, the branches are just the symptoms of the health or the dysfunction of the root. And so in Romans here, it says that if, if the part of the dough, the very first part, the first fruit, if that part of the dough is holy, then everything else in your life will be holy. Everything else in your life will be blessed. First things first, I love the Lord with everything I have. He's number one in my life. No, no, Nobody and no thing takes precedent or priority over him. And because he is first, and as an expression of, of my relationship with him, I give back my first and my best. This is the way that I worship. Remember, that, that, that's the working definition here. This is my expression of faith and obedience and worship. I'm telling you, listen to me, God will bless every area of your life. Come back here real quick. Giving God the first and best of what I have. So what do you have? Now that's rhetorical, especially a week after Christmas, because we got a lot of stuff. How many of you got more stuff than you need? Come on, somebody. Like, we got a lot of stuff. I think if you kind of look at your whole life, you can take everything that you possess, every, every earthly possession, and in some way, some fashion, connect them or place them into one of these three categories, and and you've heard these three categories before. Everything you own can fall into your time, your talent, or your treasure. Time, talent, treasure. So if the principle of first fruits is giving the first and best of what I have, my time, talent, and treasure, to God as an expression of my worship and faith and obedience, then let's talk about these. Let, let's talk about time. One of the reasons I love a new year so much is because time kind of resets. So at midnight tonight, time resets. I get a brand new year. New year, new you, come on. I got, I got a whole new year to, to try to accomplish things in this year that I didn't do last year. I get to reevaluate and reassess my priorities, uh, my values, my, my standards, my convictions, so I love this, because I, 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 I get to look at my calendar all of my time and say, okay, now what is most important to me? By a show of hands, this is, this is again, the kind of the little hard part. How many of you have ever said, I'm so busy? Think y'all ain't gonna raise your hand. Come on, if you've ever said, I'm so busy. Okay, keep your hand up. Do you know whose fault that is? That's your fault. You are the master of your calendar you own your time. As as far as I know mathematically, every human being on the face of the planet, we all get the same amount of time in the day. We get the same amount of hours in a day, the same amount of days in a week, the same amount of weeks in a month, and the same amount of months in a year. I went to college to learn something like that. We all get the same amount of time. So, So you are responsible for the time that you're given. So, so what are you gonna do in 2024 with your time? Will you allow, listen to me, will you allow the little foxes to come in and spoil the whole vineyard of vision and dreams and goals and priorities? Because you, you can take this to the bank. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll just make you busy. Don't miss that. He'll make you busy, so busy that all of your priorities, you're in a hurry to get things done. You rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry, and I don't even know why. Now, I know you think, is that in the Bible? No, it's a country song. That ain't of God, country music. But aren't we always in a hurry? Everybody's moving, but watch. That's on us. So what do you do with your time? Now now here's the challenge, you ready? Because tomorrow at midnight, the whole time continuum resets. And what do you do with it? Here's some thoughts. Would you get up early? Would you pray? Would you read your Bible? Would you do a daily devotional? If my, if my understanding of what God's greatest commandment is for me to love Him with all of my heart, now let me take this a step further. I'm not just challenging you to to pray and to read your Bible and to have a daily devotional. I'm challenging you to do that first. I, I've not always been a morning person. How many of you are like that? Like you're not a morning person, as a matter of fact? You want to slap morning people. Let me see your hand. That's therapy for you too, right? Uh, now, where are the morning people? Come on, where you at? Yeah, you, oh, you're like, yep. Yep, been up since 3.15. <laughs> what, what is wrong with y'all? I mean, come on. But I've not always been a morning person, you know? But you know what I did early on? I would say, you know what? I'm not a, I'm not a morning person. And I'd make that an excuse. I would justify, well, I'm not a morning person. Until one day... I just had this thought. I'm so glad that Jesus wasn't like, well, you know what? I'm not really a cross kind of guy. I don't really do a cross. And we make excuses. So I would say early on, you know what? I'll I'll do my Bible time and my prayer time and my devotional time. I'll wait till the end of the day. No chance. The, The day is hard. And I know, I know this about you. Your days are exhausting, they're overwhelming, they're stressful. So here's the challenge, and I'm not standing up here pretending like I've got it all together and and figured out, but I I do try to to live 1 Corinthians 11, 1, that you can follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So every morning, almost seven days a week, I'm up at 4.45 a.m., and I'm not a morning person, but I'm gonna get up because if I sleep in just a little bit, well, now the, the enemy will start to rob the time of my day So the first thing I do, and let me tell you, what I'm about to tell you is probably the most spiritual thing you will ever hear me say. The very first thing I do, make a cup of coffee. Can I get an amen? Come on. Jesus is in that sweet nectar. Come on, somebody. And it's not Folgers. That's not the best part of waking up. No, it's Cafe Bustelo. Come on, somebody. Get you some, my God, you felt the Holy Ghost, didn't you? You don't even know what that is. But it's a little cup of Cafe bustello in the morning because that'll give you the kick of the Holy Ghost that you need to get started. And I got, I got a little prayer chair. I got a little prayer chair right in the front room. It's right there. I, 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 and I'm not afraid to tell you, I'm a, I'm a grown man. Married 19 years. I love football and sports but I love a good blanket in the morning. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody? It's gonna wrap up in that little prayer blanket on my prayer chair, have my cup of coffee, and me and Jesus, we're gonna have a conversation. You know what? I can't tell you how many times in that conversation my eyes have grown heavy. And by lunch, I don't even remember what we talked about because I'm a human being. But it is much like going to the gym. You don't get results after workout number one. You stay disciplined and you stay committed And you just keep on keeping on. You keep doing it until eventually you realize, man, the best part of waking up is Jesus in my heart. That'll preach. Come on, if you're gonna clap, let's do it well. Help me out. Don't leave me up here on an island. So I'm not just asking you to pray and read the Bible and do a devotional. I'm asking you to do it first. Do it first. Here's a couple more. Church on Sunday. You know why this is so important? Because as Christians... We honor Sunday as the first day of your week. Jesus died on Friday. He was buried on Saturday. New life began on Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week. And Romans 11 said that if the the first part of the dough is holy, then the rest of the week will be holy. So if I can make Sunday a holy day, a day of worship and commitment, Right? Then because I, I don't know about you, but I need I need Jesus to anoint my Monday and my Tuesday and my Wednesday. God better bless that Thursday. Come on, but Friday's coming. Hallelujah. And Saturday. So this is why I'm not asking you to bat a thousand in church attendance. That's not what I'm asking. But what I'm asking is is, is this a priority? Everything else ends up on your calendar. But when you look at your calendar, is church on Sunday there? Is first Saturday prayer there? or a first Wednesday night gathering there. We do this one time a month. First Saturday prayer, first Wednesday night gathering. Why? Because I want you this is my heart, just hear my heart. I want you to start your month off by giving God honor and glory and worship. It's here that we do prayer and communion. Cuz if we can if we can start the month with holy communion, will God not bless the rest of the month? Okay, I don't feel like I'm I'm being mean enough because we make a lot of excuses about why we can't do these things. Well, little Johnny's got baseball. I love it, but Johnny ain't going pro, baby. <laughs> Honestly, I don't care how many home runs little Johnny can hit, home runs don't get you to heaven. Well, those of you that didn't say amen, I probably offended, and I get that, and I, I do not apologize. Listen, I'm not telling you to miss every baseball game or football game or cheer competition. I don't know why I did that. I have no idea. It felt appropriate. I highly regret it. I'm not asking you to, to miss all of that. I'm just asking you, though, when's the last time you've sacrificed that? When's the last time you laid that? Well, I work all week. I'm tired. By a show of hands, anybody tired? Some of you can't even get your hand up. (laughs) And we're all tired. But as an expression, Lord, I'm gonna seek you. Well, you know, but Saturdays, first Saturdays when I go to the Costco, (laughs) I gotta get me the Costco deal. Man, Costco is wide open all the time. Which, by the way, Costco's amazing. Come on, somebody. Where's the priority? Watch this. This is why we do Deeper 21. We do... 21 days of prayer and fasting. Why, why, why don't we do first Saturday prayer, first Wednesday gathering, deeper 21? Because I don't think you have enough going. Absolutely not. I know you've got a lot going. But we carve out these times first. January 1st. 21 days. The first 21 days of my new year I'm giving to you, Lord. I get it. Not everybody can make it every morning in person but you are the master of your calendar. Surely you can set aside some time in the morning to pray and to fast and to seek the face of God. I, I gotta say this because I'll regret it if I don't and, and I'm not trying to be mean, but I just wanna be honest. It's almost heartbreaking how few people will come out for a prayer meeting. It breaks my heart. Now, I'm not trying to, again, I don't, I don't want to try to be like apologetic when I'm just trying to be real, but I, where are you? Where are you? It's 12 times in a year for prayer. It's 21 days of fasting. Am I the only one that's going through some hell? Spiritual warfare? But you know what Matthew says, Matthew 5, 6? Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's what, that's what I want. Now, you work, you got family, your kids are crazy. They need Jesus. Like, I get it, but seek him first. Three, four years ago, I, I set in my phone two alarms. Well, three if you consider the wake-up alarm, but two additional alarms. The first alarm that goes off after I wake up, and I've already been in time with the Lord, but every morning, 6:33 a.m., ring the alarm. And I'll pause because almost by 6:30, I'm, I'm trying to wind down my prayer time because then it's time to help Kimberly. Because I, I make breakfast in the morning. Come on, somebody. I take the kids to school, I do the laundry, I do the dishes, I vacuum, I did all the Christmas shopping. Okay, half of that I just lied about. but Okay, most of it I just lied about. But at 6.33, that alarm clock goes off. And I'll just pause. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And watch, because this is where many of you live. And all these things, all the things you worry about, all the things you stress about, all the things that bring you anxiety, all those things... They'll be taken care of if you seek him first. Well, I gotta get to the office early. How different would your business be? How different would the company be if what you did first was not get to the email or get on social media, but you got in the word in time with the Lord? Seek first the kingdom of God. Everybody good so far? Come on, are you good? All right. I'll move to the second area. The the next alarm that goes off though is at 1.39 p.m. every day, Psalm 139. Search me God, know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I can't tell you how many times that alarm has gone off in the middle of a meeting or I just wanted to slap the person across from me. Oh, you've never felt that way about somebody. Search me, God. Know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. All right, we gotta move. Here's the next area, talent. So you get to master your calendar. I want you to do a calendar audit, you hear that? Do a calendar audit and you set the priorities, you set the things that are of high value. Church on Sundays, first Saturday, first Wednesday, 21 days of prayer. We start tomorrow. Deeper, 21 starts tomorrow at every campus. Um, quiet time with the Lord. That needs to, you make, you make appointments and schedules for everything else. Put it on your calendar. I've got a standing appointment with the Lord. That way when somebody says, are you free to do, I'm sorry, I got a, I got a standing meeting. I can't miss it, all right? Secondary, though, is talent. And whether you believe me or not, every single one of you have talent You have gifts, you have abilities. God's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. He's got an assignment for your life and watch this. And he gave you every gift and talent that you need to accomplish that assignment. The reason you don't have other gifts and talents is because that wouldn't bring him glory in the assignment that he's created you to live out. So that's why some of you can sing and some of you should stop trying to sing. (laughs) Look at somebody who I'm talking to. Some say he's talking right at you, you know? Some of you have the gift of administration You've got the gift of, uh, of communication. Uh, you've got, you, you're very gifted with your hands. Uh, you, you draw, you write, you, you, got, you got skills. You, you possess spiritual gifts, talent. Now the Bible says about your talent, First Peter 4, that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, okay? Now I know what you're saying, I get it, but what does that have to do with first fruits or first things first? I'm glad you asked because it's actually more spiritual than you probably even realize. All of these gifts and talents that you possess right now, you use in every single day of your life. So you use those gifts and talents in the workplace, in the marketplace, in the classroom, on the field, on the court, in your extracurriculars. You use those gifts and talents in every area of your life. But when you commit to first things first, and Sunday being the first day of the week, what you're saying is, Lord, I'm gonna honor you. I'm gonna worship you. I'm I'm gonna put my faith on display by using the gifts you gave me first. So before anything in the world gets my gift and my talent and my anointing, I'm gonna serve the bride of Christ, the local church first, because if I do that, then everything else will be blessed. I need a hundred people to say "Amen." Come on, let's go preaching. And listen to me. One more thought here: when you use your talents and when you use your gifts to serve this church, God will bless you. Okay, here it comes. It needs to be said. Are you ready? Why aren't you serving? What's it gonna take? We've got over 500 people that serve on our GO team. It's amazing. We have over 2,000 people that attend GO church on a weekend. So that means, by a large percentage, the majority of you are sitting on the sidelines. I'm not trying to be mean and I'm not trying to be manipulative. I'm just trying to be honest. Saved people serve people. It's the example of Christ. He became a servant. Jesus, Jesus, the son of God that gave his life on the cross, chose the towel over the title. He bowed low and washed the stank off those disciples' feet. To model for us what servant leadership should look like. And for, that's just Jesus calling saying, hey, why aren't you serving? <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to get you. I've been sending signs. So I'm just gonna give you a call. Get in the game, baby. That's the Lord. Well, what's, what's it gonna take? I, again, you get to decide. You, well, I'm busy. You control your calendar. Okay, I think that's good. Everybody, we're good? I mean, no, nobody walked out, but again, the only person that offended is the person that just comes and sits. You know, I grew up in a Baptist church. Come on, Baptist people, where are you at? I grew up in an old Baptist church and they had, they didn't have chairs and rows, they had pews. And you know why they call it pew? Because people would just sit there so long and not serve, they start to stink. That's funny, and that's true. So here's all we do. We say, get in the game. Let's go. Yeah. Tomorrow's a brand new day. New year, new you. Yeah. It's time. Do you understand that you are, like you, you are a missing piece to what God is wanting to do in his church. This isn't my church. This is his church. You are a missing piece to what God wants to do in his church, the church he gave his life for. Well, this is what some of you think. Well, I mean, everywhere I look, people are serving. You don't need me. That is not true. That is not, we need you. We would be so much better if you were in the game, serving and using your gifts and talents. Why, why is it, last thing I'll say, outside of this, get and move track. It start, it's four, first four Sundays of every month. It starts next Sunday, step one. It's time. Why is it, though, that the rest of the world gets to see your gifts and talents and your anointing? except the family of God. Why is that? The church is not, ladies and gentlemen, I just lied because I said that was the last thing I was gonna say and now I just keep saying things. Church is not for you to come and hear a few songs and to hear me preach a message and for you to get your feel good on. Church is not about feeling, F-E-E-L-I-N-G. It's not about feeling. Church is about filling, F-I-L-L-I-N-G. It's about being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and being used by God to be a blessing to other people. You don't know what people walk into Go Church with. You don't know the hurt. You don't know the baggage. You don't know the mental stuff. You don't know the spiritual warfare. And what if your smiling face serving on a Sunday was an opportunity for them to see Jesus, the love of God. Yeah, but I don't have it all together. Guess what? None of us do. We're all messed up. But we say, God, you first. You get my time. You get my talent. You get my treasure. I'll talk about money here. But before I get there, let me tell you, this is a lot more than just money. Because your health is a treasure. Oh, come on. A healthy mind is a treasure. Your family is a treasure. Are you with me? 2,300 times in the Bible, money is mentioned. That's five times more than faith, five times more than prayer. One out of every 10 verses in the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about money. Why? Well, Matthew says it this way, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think that's very true. That wherever you put your money, wherever you put your investment, that's where your heart is. Now let me give you this verse here. Uh, Proverbs chapter three, two verses. On to the Lord with the wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Sure, there's a little bit of a difference between a first fruit offering and your normal tithe, A first fruit offering would be like a legacy offering. Your tithe, that Hebrew word tithe literally means 10%. It's a tenth. So here's what God is saying. I just want you to honor me with your treasure. Every gift you have comes from the Father above. So it's not even your money to begin with. It's God's money that he's blessed you with. And here's what he says. I just want 10% back. Will you give me 10%? And I've been in ministry long enough, this is, this is what I hear people say all the time, I can't afford to do that. You can't afford not to do that. <laughs> Let me show you this, the average household debt is $103,000. People are paying, at an average, $729 a month to drive that new car. I met with a couple not long ago, Their their car payment was over $1,100 a month. And I told them, I said, there is a Greek word for that and the Greek word is stupid. (laughs) This is CNBC as of November. 62% of adults said they're living paycheck to paycheck. But you know what? Society says all of this is normal. Look at this current generation. We've normalized debt for them. So, so, Normal is being house poor, meaning you live in a house you can't afford. Normal means just go, go get the car, figure it out, put it all on credit cards. Normal says argue about money, stress about money, get divorced because of money. Ladies and gentlemen, normal's not working. I looked at these statistics. It reminds me of this verse in Proverbs. Look, Proverbs chapter 13. Some people pretend to be rich, but they have nothing. You know the old saying, well, they're keeping up with the Joneses? I met with the Joneses. They filed bankruptcy. Come on. Watch. The way you handle your money is one of the best outward measurements of your inward spiritual condition. Here's the hard part. You ready? Just go to December and look at your credit card statement, your bank statement. First things first. Where is he? Man, I knew this pastor would talk about money. I don't want your money. It's not about that. Now, you get to choose to worship God through your giving or, or you can choose to hold on to it. But there is a massive difference between a tight fist and an open hand. That, that's your choice. Yeah, whatever. You're just like all those other preachers just want our money. All right, well, I'll make you a deal then. If, if you test the Lord in this area of giving and you bring your tithe into the storehouse, God's local church, and you test the Lord in this, watch what God says. See if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there'll be not room enough for you to contain it. So from January 1 until 90 days from then, if you tithe regularly, consistently, faithfully and if at the end of those 90 days got because you've tested god if god doesn't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you don't even you're like what all you got to do come talk with us at the office i'll give you all of your money back not one question asked i'll write you a check right there on the spot for every dollar you gave in those 90 days pastor jc why would you do that well, two reasons. Number one, I don't, think, I don't want you to think I'm setting you up for anything other than God's supernatural blessing that when you put him first in the area of finances and money, he's gonna blow your mind. And then secondly, God is not a man that he should lie. And when you put him first, I guarantee that there will be so much blessing that you won't even be able to know what to do with it. And it's, it's more than just money. Okay, last thing I'll say. If you give, you tithe, that's a part of your your, your daily um, spiritual disciplines, your your faith journey. And what I just said about God blessing you and, and wowing you and just showering you with blessings is true. I want those that have not yet given or are skeptical or doubting what I'm saying, I want them to know it's not just me that's preaching this, but in real time, you can testify to God's goodness. So I'll count to three. And if you give faithfully and God's blessed you, would you say amen or applaud the Lord? You ready? One, two, three, if that's you, come on. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's the principle of first fruit, giving God the first and best of what I have, my time, my talent, my treasure, as an expression of my faith and obedience and worship towards him. Two questions, I'll pray for you. What's the Lord speaking? And what's my next step? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Just take a second right here. Come on. You'll be out of here in a few minutes. I want you to not just hear the word, but to do what it says. So what's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart? What's the next step? For some of you, it's I need to make Jesus Lord of my heart to put him First, salvation, rededication. For some of you, it's, you know what, I I just need to do a better job of time with the Lord, prayer time, reading the Bible, putting Him first, because the day gets busy and I get tired. I need to get in the game. I've, I've been coming to this church for years and have yet to jump on a team. My next step, I'll get in move track. I'm gonna use my gifts and talents as a way to honor the Lord through his bride, this church. And I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I can't make every day, but I'll come on the Saturdays or I'll try to make it Monday, Wednesday, Friday or, or I'll try to make it a handful of times in the 21. I'm gonna try those 21 days. I can't make it at all, but I'll still pray and I'll fast on my own. We all got a next step. So Lord, as the conviction of your word and your Holy Spirit impresses on our heart, challenge us now through obedience to take that next step. First things first, to love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of my mind. If there be one area that you are not number one, reveal it to me so I can... Make sure to reprioritize that area so that you can be Lord of all, Lord of all. In your precious name we pray. And everybody said amen. How about we go seven seconds here, highest praise. Come on.